Welcome to Business Baby, a small business podcast for pals. Well, 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 it's Adrian. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm I'm doing pretty good. And how are you? I'm good. Uh listen, tell me what do you do? Uh so I am what I like to call a visual specialist. Um, so I do primarily photography and videography um, in the Ottawa region, although I have done work in Toronto. Um, But I also happen to do producing for larger productions. I have done uh, PA work on film sets. Um, So yeah, that's, that's why I prefer to be called a visual specialist, because it's, it's a lot of me saying yes to things that maybe I'm not entirely qualified to do but uh uh, you know I like I like to say I like there's never been a bad experience so far so oh my god I yeah I was not expecting you to say all this I feel like I already have so many things I want to say back to you first off (laughs) visual specialist I don't know if I've ever heard that term before so I'm just like Uh, I just literally just learned something in that second there that's so cool yeah, I mean, I I started going by visual specialist. I was I was doing some archiving uh, on a government contract, and the person that I was subcontracted under, he kind of was like, "We don't call ourselves archivists because we don't have the technical experience okay. to call ourselves that, so we're yeah. visual specialists." And I was, you know, like doing my archiving thing, and I was just <laughs> like, you know. I like the sound of that a lot. And so I just took it and now it's mine. Yeah. I love that. I love that. (laughs) Um, I love it. And that's all I'm going to use from now on. And then the other thing I wanted to say, I, I was just telling someone about this today, the point you made of like, I do so many things. I'll, I'll hop into so many experiences. You were saying like you do so many different jobs. I literally was saying to someone today, like, I don't know if there's anything that I would say no to if I felt like it was like part of like the brand. And mm. I feel like there's a lot of things if I'm like being paid fairly to do, I could be passionate mm-hmm. under like my brand, if that makes sense. Oh yeah. hundred percent. A lot of the stuff that I have had the pleasure and I'm very grateful to have been a part of yeah. are things that I wanted to learn more about or yeah. they're things that really align with my values yeah. um, or, you know, just, it just, you know, they seem like fun. Yeah. Or sometimes like you just get paid well and you're like, oh, yes. what? Okay. Like that's never happened. Um I don't know if it's going to actually happen. This is so off topic, but I literally just got asked to come give a lecture at uh, Carlton. <gasps> I know. And I'm like, I'm literally like a university dropout. Like I'm like, what? But they just want me to come and talk about like food and diet culture and veganism and sustainability in like food. And it just like totally caught me off guard. Cause I, I don't 
ever feel like educated in that way. Um, but then I was like, I guess it does make sense because I have a business like right in the center of all of it. Um, but that's something I never even thought I could ever do. And someone asked and I was like, yeah, oh yeah, I could definitely be good at that. So I think I really relate to that point you made of like, there's like lots of ways that we can be good at stuff. Yeah. And it's also like, I mean, congratulations. That's Thank super you. cool. I think it's, I think it's one of those things too, where it's like, sometimes your, you know, whatever you choose to do from a passionate perspective yeah. that sometimes falls into like a career is like, yeah. there's that element of authenticity. And I think, um, what I know about you and your platform is that like, even though you're not claiming to be an expert about yeah. these things, and I don't claim to be an expert in my field either, yeah. um, you're just passionate and you're open to new experiences and you're willing to be authentic about what you do know and what you don't know. And that I think is really compelling and relatable to a lot of people. And so I'm not a part of me is like, oh, well, like that makes sense that you yeah, would be talking yeah. about these types of things. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's always, it's, it's so funny that you say that there's always that moment of like, when I get these opportunities that are similar to that, I always think like, I don't think I know enough. And there's always that like moment of, and I'm sure it's for everyone, like that doubt that like washes over you. And I sometimes have to be like, oh, I'm not a little kid anymore. Like I, <laughs> I do know enough. You know what I mean? Like I'm in my industry and I feel like I have to sometimes like replant myself like in my knowledge and experience because I'm like oh what if I make a mistake or what if I get confused and mm -hmm. I have to like remind myself like oh I'm not like less than the other business owners you know what I mean like it's and I'm sure it's something you've come up against a lot before where it's like you have to like really remind yourself especially as an entrepreneur because no one's there reminding you you know yeah. And I, I think that's kind of like the crux because sometimes even when I get certain opportunities, I'm just like, really? Like me <laughs> out of all these people? I know. Yeah. <laughs> and then I have to like look in the mirror and be like, humble yourself, like yeah. calm down. Like. <laughs> <laughs> and then you do a good job and you're like, of course I did a good job have like an intrusive thought and you're like, oh, okay. Like yeah. my ego, my ego has been fed and now I'm back to like status quo. Yeah. That's good. Well, yeah. I don't know about you, but as much as I'm like, like I'm very much an independent worker and I think that's like why I thrive as an entrepreneur. But if I collaborate with someone or, or if I host an event or I recently got hired to host an event for the city, I am such a people pleaser once I'm like hired to do something. <laughs> Like, it's like my whole work style shifts. I'm like, I just want to make them happy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. When I was, I, I went to, I went to a technical school to learn more about being a visual specialist, um, okay. <laughs> primarily in photography. And one of the things I said before I left to one of my favorite uh, educators there was yeah. that I, I want to be the one that you laud all out of all your other alumni, yeah. I want to be yeah. the one that you reference. I want your interns. That's what I want. I want to be the one that you're like, that Adrian man, like yeah. she's killing it. Yeah. That's what I wanted. And then now I get all these opportunities and I'm like, oh God, like people actually <laughs> like want to hire me. Really? Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, is it 
good that we want to be the ones or is it like toxic that we want to be the, do you know what I mean? I'm like, what is the, because not everyone has that. Like some people go to work and they don't feel that way. And that's totally fine. Like, it's like, I'm not coming down on this people. I'm just saying like, not everyone has that drive where they're like, I really want my mentor or my boss to be impressed, you know? (laughs) So I'm like, is it a good thing that made us that way is you know what I mean like it's just um it's so interesting and I don't know if it's the same for you like it's so interesting being someone who gets so invested in work and doing a good job and like where that work style comes from yeah I think for me maybe I should talk to my therapist about it so I'll make a note to bring that up next time but um I don't know I don't know about you but I I think for like, at least for me in, you know, as a like queer black woman in like Ottawa, it's, it's really hard to be seen and perceived sometimes in certain spaces and like certain working environments, kind of like, maybe it stems from that. Maybe it stems from the kids that used to bully me, who knows, maybe it's just, you know, the environment yeah. and the state of the world and I'm like I'm just gonna like hold on to this thing because it's in my control yeah um but yeah I think I think it's reasonable to think that like you know you want I think everybody wants to be liked and I think yes. if yes. your career can like reflect how well liked you are yes. in some sick and twisted way <laughs> uh <laughs> You know, like I think for I think that might be the case for some folks, maybe not yeah. for everybody. I don't yeah. want to generalize, but yeah, that's, for me, I think that's true. Yeah. That's so funny for me, too, in a very sick and twisted way. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know what? The Just the other day, one of my friends was telling me um, they have a dog who's like a really hard dog. Like the dog is just needs a lot. And they mm-hmm. were just saying like how hard it was. And they were just like confiding in me like how hard it was having this dog and they loved him but it was so much work and it made them think about how much work they took on and I just had a moment where I was like oh I think I should tell them they're doing a good job because I think Mm. we don't often like realize sometimes we have to say to like our friends our loved ones like our community like oh you're working like really hard and you're doing like a really good job and like I like I love that and I see it and it's kind of like what you're saying like it's I really need that at my job and when I collaborate with someone I need someone to stop and say oh it was amazing like you did so good and even if I have a big following if I'm busy I have a lot going on if no one just like stops and says that to me like I don't know if I'm doing a good job you know Mm -hmm. Um, and it kind of just reminds me of this conversation I had with my friend who instead of just listening I like also took a minute to be like but you are doing a good job like you work so hard like I, I see that and I just think it's like I don't know this is like not even about being an entrepreneur or about business but it's that thing where it's like so important to like remember to like validate people's work I guess yeah and also to like you can't tell a I I had this friend sadly um that passed away last year and I think one of the like our group of friends were talking about it and it's like it's very hard to show people that you love and appreciate them when they're gone um and sending them messages and stuff like that even though they're gone uh they're never going to read them but like always I I carry with me now like our experiences and I think it's really important for people to understand that 
you can't you can't take back hurtful things you can't you can't fix things after it happens yeah um and so if people bring you joy they bring light to your life or you recognize their hustle their their work their talent um it's probably going to mean more to them like when they're starting out when they're set like just just tell them there's there what's the harm in telling people that you care about them yeah yeah and totally unprompted too like uh, we're getting so off topic but (laughs) I feel like I I just relate to what you're saying because I feel like I think it's so funny I always talk about Valentine's Day and this this whole point reminds me of Valentine's Day where I go I love Valentine's Day because it's a marker for people to do something nice for their loved ones and we don't always have those markers and a lot of holidays are just like not really about doing something nice for someone you care about but I feel like Valentine's has become more about that and Mm. I always say like personally it's like my favorite holiday because I feel like everyone goes out of their way like if you don't have a partner like maybe you get flowers for a friend or a group of friends go for dinner or they get chocolates like like that's what I did I like met a friend and we just like ate chocolates and visited and it was so nice but I also feel like I what about doing that on every other day? And then that's like to the <laughs> point we're saying, right? Like Valentine's Day is great, but it's like one day in winter. You know what I mean? Like yeah. every day in winter is hard, you know? Yeah, it's not going to cure my sad this one day. <laughs> but I also, to the point of Valentine's Day, because I'm a business, I like, I live for the fact that people only do things yeah. one time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm also like, that's my busiest time, but it's, it's, um, uh, I don't know. We're getting so off topic, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying. And I, I lately have been trying to make a habit of not giving people like gifts and doing nice things on holidays. I mm. try to do it more consistently because I just thought of them. Like, oh, I yeah. thought of you, so I got you flowers. I just, I thought of you, so I got you a card. Like, just doing it more at random, I suppose. Like, and I mean, I do this for for work stuff. Um, a lot where it's like you know if I had a really good experience with someone I don't follow up right away but you know like if I see their work or I connect with them um you know I I say like how much the experience meant to me and how much I appreciate if I learned something how much fun I have with them or just like appreciated them and like how much like joy they brought me and I tried to do that with like my clients um or just like just people, you know, like in my sphere of influence, I try to like share how much I appreciate their work. I try to share people's work. Um, you know, I I really do value all the different artists and people that I see. And, you know, like as an entrepreneur, I see everybody's like, especially in this inflation climate, I, you know, <laughs> I, I really want to emphasize how important yeah. it is that yeah. like, even though you might not be, you know, making a lot of money, I want to appreciate you and show you that in, in some other way, how much I, I recognize your, your work ethic or, you know, just who you are as a person. Yeah, I, you, you just touched on so many points. Um, and also, thank you for bringing the conversation back to being about work. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, someone had to. Um, I think, um, this is a really interesting time. And I've been talking a lot lately about a lot of businesses have a lot of debt right now from COVID. And although mm-hmm. it's like people perceive that we're out of COVID, even though I, I don't agree with that, mm-hmm. um, businesses have been dragging their debt 
with them and we just went through um winter which is the slowest january is like quarter the sales of any other month february is the same like it is a really hard time to be an entrepreneur there's like no money coming in yeah and like i think especially for food businesses because of diet culture because the exhaust of the holidays there's so many reasons why people aren't shopping um and we're seeing all these businesses close and uh, I know like Carlington Coffee House just posted posted recently they're closing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Feline Cafe is just posted they're closing. I was so sad about that. So sad. <laughs> and the thing for me that's really hard when these businesses post that they're closing is everyone is always like, oh, I meant to come. Oh, I wish I could support you. No, don't close. No. And I feel like everyone has these big kind of like, in a lot of ways selfish feelings about this business closing and I was just saying to Ray like there's got to be some like relief for the business owner to be able to say I'm closing now you're mm-hmm. like I, I, I have I can't go on this way anymore and sometimes when I read the comments I feel like bad for the entrepreneurs because I don't think closing a business should always be perceived as like a negative thing no of course not and it's 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 opening up potentially like a new venture or a yeah. new experience for them, right? Mm-hmm. And so it, it's actually really interesting when I've seen those comments, particularly with like Feline Cafe, some yeah. of them were like, oh, I meant to go there. And yeah. it's like, yeah. okay, but we don't, like, it doesn't like work that way. Yes. And it's like, yeah. you can feel that way. And that's super valid that you yeah. wish you had gone. But what hat like what are you gonna they do? They wish you went to <laughs> Yeah, exactly. They're probably reading yeah. that and be like, Well, yeah. you could have, but you didn't. Yeah, you could have. And I did all this work posting to come. <laughs> and you know what I mean? Like I like like they worked nonstop to keep a business that is not COVID friendly open. Like this is a business that's about going in and sitting with cats and you know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't fit the shape of like what we're going through in COVID. And I know they worked really hard for a super long time. So it's, yeah, it's exactly kind of like what we're touching on is like, I don't know, like, you, I don't want to say you should have come because I can't really tell people what they should do, <laughs> but like you should have supported. And sometimes I want to just post and be like, just a reminder, like there's lots of chains in the city. There's lots of big business in the city, but also there's all these like really amazing little spots and like feline cafe was like queer owned and we don't have a lot of queer owned storefronts and it's like mm-hmm. hard for me to see that happen like it like you know what i mean like it, it it hurts me to see like oh like one of the few places that's like not a bar and queer owned is closing like that yeah. sucks you know what i mean and yeah. well it's you know like it only sucks because like i'm i know i'm becoming the comments but it's it sucks that there wasn't automatically enough support to sustain it. You know what I mean? In part, like I understand people's comments and I'm yeah. also, you know, I think particularly within our own city, like there's a lot of people who are just purely exhausted from having to like rally about our politicians, maybe about public transit. Yeah. <laughs> um, like there's so much happening in the our snow. Literally yeah, not being able to use sidewalks. And there's just like all these different elements where people are just like, you know what? Like, I'm going to stay home and yeah. Yeah. use my XYZ streaming service yeah. or I'm going to order online from a big box store yeah. because my favorite store doesn't do delivery. Yeah. Um, and it's just, you know, I think people are really struggling yes. to 
get out because they're in this kind of predicament of, well, the pandemic isn't over, but there's all these other things and like businesses aren't surviving. And how can I show up without having to like feel so exhausted? Yeah. And I don't, I don't know what that looks like. Yeah. I mean, it's so hard when you can see like both sides and you're like, oh, I'm one of those people, but at the same time I own a business. So I'm like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like I yeah. also don't go anywhere. Like I, yeah. I can't relate more. And it's such a good point you made of like the city is like totally inaccessible right now. You can't get <laughs> around easily. Like if you have a mobility device, you're not going anywhere. So yeah, like of course people aren't able to be out and support it. You know what I mean? Like that convenience is so important. Yeah. And I think if our city was more walkable, I think the level of businesses that would be closing might be less. Yeah. I'm I'm not an economist, so I can't say for sure, but I feel I feel for patrons and I also feel for entrepreneurs that yeah. it's a hard business right now, particularly if you decided to start at the begin beginning of the pandemic yeah. or you know, yeah. you were in kind of yeah. like a predicament. Yes. Um it definitely didn't make it easier and I'm also wondering like I don't want entrepreneurs to feel like well like I should get out more on social media I should do more like mm -hmm. pushing I should like, do it, more yeah. yeah yeah it's like if you have to oversell yourself it ain't it either like there, so there has to be somewhere yeah. as a person who already has to post daily or like every second day of specials we have I just sometimes I'm like it's like my annoying voice is going into like the void do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, oh, hey, I, we're still making treats, but I have to post it because I'm hoping, like, obviously I have treats, you know what I mean? But it's just <laughs> like, oh. Also, I just want to say, like, I think it's important to, like, just draw a line under this. Like, I think it's okay for businesses to close. And I think I um, I have to unlearn, but I think everyone has to unlearn. We, we always think the only marker of success is permanence, right? Yes. So we only think a business can be successful if it's around forever. And that is not how, and, and people and everything, right? Like everything in our life, we measure that way. And I feel like it's important to say like, these businesses, even if they're closing, they were all very successful and they had huge impacts in the community. Yeah, 100%. And I, and I just, I just want to say that because like, although I'm sad they're closing, I don't think it's like a, I don't think they failed and I'm not saying that, but like, I don't want anyone to think that if that makes sense. No, hundred percent. And like, I can say this personally is uh, over the pandemic with two other uh, friends of mine um, yeah. that do film, yeah. uh, we tried to start a production company here yeah. um, where we wanted to like make it affordable to do films, what have you commercials. Yeah. Um, and it just, we just could not, get it off the ground running in the ways that we hoped yeah. um, and people just didn't have the capacity and it wasn't a sure thing and so we learned a lot about ourselves we learned how to run a business better mm -hmm. um, but we ended up like shutting the business aspect of it down because yeah. it just wasn't tenable anymore yeah. and you know people when they hear that from me are like oh my god I'm so sorry that's so sad and I'm like no well, honestly, like it was, it was great for us because we learned to set boundaries. We were just yeah. like, my cup is way too full and I can't do this. And I think that's like so important for yeah. entrepreneurs yeah. when you start to feel like this is a lot and it isn't fun anymore. It doesn't bring me joy. Yeah. Stop doing it. Do something else. Yeah. Like 
it doesn't, not everything that you love yeah. has to make you money. And interests so. change. This is the thing that I always like forget. Like, you know, I've had my business for seven years. I'm so different than I was seven years ago. Like there's parts of my business. Like I think when I first opened, I really liked baking and I really liked decorating cakes. And now I like, don't even like that stuff. I like the event planning and I like working with other businesses and the things that I liked when I open are stuff I don't even like really care about in the same way. Like I'm trained and I can do it, but it's not like, like the interest I have has changed. And luckily like my business has grown with that change, but not everyone's business can do that. And it's like trying not to feel stuck about it too. Right. Yeah. So, Oh yeah. Yeah. How did you, what brought you to the path of being a visual specialist? Like I know how you got the, the term, but like you said, you went to school, like what was your journey? Yeah. So funny enough, I was a student at Carleton. I was getting my BA in philosophy with a specialization in public affairs and ethics. Okay. Yes, I, I do have a very expensive mouthy degree yep. on my wall. Yep. Um, but in my last two years, I just kind of like was like, this is not bringing me joy. I hate yeah. this. I'm not going into academic pursuits because I was just like, this is this is not for me. Yeah. Um, and so I started like hanging out with friends of mine from high school that were musicians and they you know started inviting me to their shows because I was the only one who had a camera and so I started photographing shows and I was like I really like this this actually brings me a lot more joy and so then eventually other bands started wanting to hire me and started wanting to pay me and I was like oh my god I can make money from this yeah amazing yeah so I was like okay I'll start doing that so then yeah, I started doing it more regularly. I started working for two different online publications where I was just like, I just want to photo pass so I can go and take pictures. That's all I want to do. That's, I just want to take pictures. And so I started looking at like YouTube videos about how to do different uh, photo styles. And I just, I reached a point where I was like, a friend of mine was like, you know, they have a program here in Ottawa at Algonquin College where you can learn (laughs) how to use more gear. And I was like, YouTube. And then I reached a point where I was like, all right, like, I feel like I've reached a threshold where I want to learn like because that's that's kind of actually like one of the only ways I can learn is like sitting down and being told information that's that that's the most effective way for me so I was like all right well let's see if I can get OSAP to pay for this Mm -hmm. um and so I ended up getting accepted into Algonquin and learned over two years how to take better pictures I would say shout out to my teachers there who (laughs) held my hand through that very strenuous period (laughs) while you were the best student as we while I was the best student yeah yeah, I was definitely like a teacher's pet because I was just like I want to be in the studio all the time I'm willing to put like everything away as long as I can spend more time in studio like super nerding out over photos and they were like oh my god please calm down please leave um (laughs) but anyway uh yeah and so I ended up doing an internship like just a high-end studio it's one of the more prominent ones in Canada and learned a lot there and came back and I was like I'm ready and then the pandemic happened and I was like well I guess I'm staying here oh no (laughs) (laughs) and that's that's kind of what happened is I just started networking here and here I am now 
a visual specialist. <laughs> That's so cool. I wanted to ask you, like, if you felt like you had like mentors or role models as you were getting into that. But I, I feel like, I mean, you mentioned a few, but it's like really cool to me, the, the element of like, you started taking pictures of bands and they paid you. Like, I love this idea of like arts, putting money into arts. Mm-hmm. And like, it's so interesting to me that like, that's often how creative people, like it's just other creative people giving them money for their service to like, actually build up like I think that's so cool yeah and I like there are so many there's so many photographers in Ottawa that still do concert photography that when I was first starting um they taught me a lot and uh even like Sean Scallon from Spectrasonic who very lovingly let me into his shows and let me photograph them Um, and I, you know, we would talk about photo stuff when he wasn't busy, you know, promoting the event, um, (laughs) you know, doing his job (laughs) and he was like very great at answering my questions. And so like a lot of the things I've learned from that world and the other concert photographers I was able to meet very much influenced how I approach uh, photography in a different way because I, I I can manage my stress levels a lot better than yeah. perhaps maybe some of my peers I would say um, yeah. yeah but yeah like there's I, I take inspiration and mentorships even for some of the people that like maybe work f- with me yeah. or yeah. Um, I work for like yeah. I you know, I'm very proud to say that a lot of people that I work for when I'm like assisting or doing grip work for people, mm-hmm. I learn a lot from them. And I, you know, I very much don't look at it like I'm serving them. Like yeah. I'm, this is yeah. an opportunity to get paid to learn from people that are doing this like full time and, you know, have been doing it for decades even. So, well, that's something I did a lot early in my business. If I knew other entrepreneurs, who, oh, I'm working an event in Toronto and I don't have staff. I'd be like, oh, I'll go if I can like, like watch you work. And it would Mm. be like people who are doing like big events that I didn't have the capacity to do yet. Like as a vendor, I would Mm -hmm. go and I would like be a vendor at their booth all day. And I would like kind of see how the events ran or like what was popular. And like, I did that all the time. And other like entrepreneurs would always like tease me for it. They'd always be like, you're always trying to get other jobs. But for me, that was like such an important way to like learn for free, essentially, like work with other professionals in my industry who maybe had a couple more years experience than me, but a very like like minded people. So they were like a little elevated, but I feel like now we're very similar, but it's exactly what you're saying. Like, those are my best opportunities to learn are from like my peers. I always feel the same way. Yeah. And I find it I always found it interesting when people particularly in my industry, we're like, you know, I want to be able to do, do the thing that I'm being hired for. And I'm like, yeah, I would too. Absolutely. And I'm also like, I, I'm also okay. Not being the responsible one. I like to show up and like, if I make mistakes, yeah, it's not my head on the line. You know, I get, I get to, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. you know, like there's a, there's a freedom in that. And that it it also makes me more comfortable to learn and it's an opportunity. And I, you know, I will be very sad the day that it stops, you know, being a reoccurring thing. And now a word from our sponsor. 
Veg Ottawa. Veg Ottawa Association is a registered non-for-profit corporation and membership-based organization. Veg Ottawa Association is dedicated to supporting people interested in a plant-based lifestyle. Veg Ottawa offers a range of events, including potlucks, picnics, barbecues, and they host documentary screenings, guest speakers, and more. Veg Ottawa provides access to credible resources and peer support related to a plant-based lifestyle. You got a question? They're here to help. Veg Ottawa works to make a plant-based lifestyle even more accessible and convenient by working with local and like-minded businesses. Visit their veg business directory to find local vegan and vegetarian options from local businesses as well as many free tools to support a vegan lifestyle. The directory is great actually because it also lists place like you don't even know they have vegan options or vegetarian options. They might have like some sneaky numbers on there. It's a great tool to just go and be like I didn't even know that place in my neighborhood had vegetarian stuff, vegan stuff. I didn't know that. I can walk there from my house. I should be going there every single day. You didn't even know. I had no idea, actually. Or you can also become a member to access discounts on local partners like Chickpeas, Keeping It Vegan, Secondhand Stories, Yugi Rolls, and more. See link in our episode bio for more info. Do you like vegetables? I love vegetables. Do you like animals? Yes, I like animals. Do you like eating at local business? Yes, I like eating at local business. Is it veg Ottawa? Ottawa. Ottawa Markets is gearing up for another incredible season. Ottawa's historic Byward and Parkdale Markets are lively venues to showcase your products and engage with locals, Canadian tourists, and international visitors. From farmers, artisans, food makers, and retailers, there is space for everyone at Ottawa Markets. Outdoor markets are unique opportunity. <laughs> Outdoor markets are a unique opportunity to incubate a new business or scale up an existing business to the next level. Got a menu you want to try out? Got new ideas? Farmer's Market is the best way to grow your business. From daily to full-time options, their vending spaces are priced to help small businesses succeed. From as little as $30 a day, you can access locations in the highly, highly sought-after Byward and Wellington West Districts of Ottawa. Be a part of exciting events like the Parkdale Night Market, Canadian Tulip Festival, Byward Barkett, and so many more coming in 2023. And to be honest, I would highly, highly recommend Parkdale Night Market as both a vendor and a customer. It's so fun. There's always people coming. Everyone loves it. It's such a community vibe. Don't delay. Apply today. Visit ottawamarkets.ca slash vending for more information. Follow Ottawa Markets on Instagram at Ottawa Markets to keep up with the latest market news. We will attach a link in the bio of this episode. Also, every business I know, every business that's worth anything, loads of our guests who have been on this pod all got their start doing farmer's markets and learning about business, learning about their product. 
learning about what customers want, trials, workshopping. At these low prices, it's so low risk to book to be a vendor and learn about your biz, take a shot on your dreams, become a business, an entrepreneur, whatever. And now back to our episode. One thing I was just thinking of when you were, you were kind of making your last point when you said like, oh, it's fun to learn on like mistakes on other people's projects or whatever, <laughs> like whatever we're saying, because I'm the same way. I feel like, and I don't know about you, but I'm like, a, like very into like controlling situations when it's like under my own brand or under my own name. So I really always enjoy kind of what we're saying, like. I just feel like my work style is so different and there's so much less pressure on me. And I'm just more like easy breezy if I'm like working in collaboration with someone. But oh my often God. when I'm working yeah. with me, it's like my stress is so much higher. I get activated like so easily. I don't know about you, but like that's something that I find so hard. Yeah, 100%. Uh, it's it's like my nightmare anytime that I have like a perhaps larger production yeah. to kind of spearhead um or take charge of yeah. um I'm just you know like I hate it I hate it so much I'm like can I go back to being the lonely assistant or <laughs> like whatever I don't want this responsibility oh yeah yeah it's so stressful um okay can I ask you what is strats media so strass media strass um, media okay yeah so that is like my commercial business yeah. um, for, for all the things that people seemingly want to pay me for. Um, yeah. That's kind of just like over there. Yeah. Um, and the reason why I separated it is uh, several years ago now, um, I was in the news because I got into a little argument um, <gasps> with, with a record label about uh, not paying me for my work you can find articles on oh, it still my god yeah and it was just it was just yeah. like a nightmare and ridiculous yeah. yeah so when I was in school I did not want my name to be attached to that I didn't want people to associate yeah. Yeah. that with like my brand um so I came up with stressed in school um to kind of be able to be like oh like that has nothing to do with this. Yeah. This is totally different. Yeah. Like it just, it optically for me, it didn't, it didn't, it looked like I didn't know what I was doing, which was true yeah. um, because I was out of my death in that conversation. But, you know, I, I didn't, I was being talked down to and I, yeah. and I stood my ground and I wasn't asking yeah. for much. Yeah. And I just, I didn't want to, because of optics, I yeah. didn't want to be seen as super aggressive yeah. Um, based yeah. on shared text conversations. Yeah. Um, so I just created a new brand and uh, yeah. So my yeah. my, yeah, you know, like my personal account is more of like, per, it's personal. It's like for more yeah. of my creative stuff, it's more yeah. for like collaborations. It's more for like me speaking about what's going on in the city from like yeah. an artistic perspective as yeah. well. And it's like so interesting how, like as an entrepreneur, like we have to navigate that so much. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I have conversations with people about it too, because I have peers who just go by their name and it's, yeah. it's yeah. like, there's, there's a privilege in that. Yeah. Um, 
they're they're not coming from a background necessarily yeah uh that they have to like think about optics in the same way yeah is this too cheeky to bring up but I watched your stories today oh my story oh oh is this no it's not okay so what do we think (laughs) (laughs) so I was interviewed last year when I hosted because I got brought on as a consultant for um, Ottawa markets wanted to host like a pride night essentially uh-huh. and so I do vegans who snack with them but I yes. have to like I have to like pay to rent the venue and I have to pay for the artist and I pay and and this was different they said we'll pay for everything we'll oh, pay for okay. yeah they were like we don't want any we won't no cost to you but can you come on as like uh, essentially like a consultant because I was queer because I think they didn't have a lot of queer people in the office working on the project so they uh-huh. wanted to they were like we we want to bring in a few consultants from like queer businesses just to kind of like reference what what we're doing and a big uh conditional thing for me of working on it was I would only work on it if they like only brought in 2s lgbtqia plus vendors for this one and I Amazing. said this is the only businesses we can bring and I said if it expands down the road we can talk but for this year this is like a firm boundary for me to be like for my brand to be affiliated is this is it. And they were very receptive, but mm-hmm. the issue was um, I think they had other businesses who wanted to do it, who were like not part of the community who brought up words like this is prejudice and like all this stuff. And they didn't really understand what they were upset about. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they said things like, well, I hire gay people. And I was like, well, legally you have Oh my to. God. <laughs> and I, it just, it created a lot of like, um, I think a lot of like tension, like people thought I was like gatekeeping, but it was like the wrong way. And auto markets was lovely. They were like, if this is what you need, yes. And if there's any problems and we want to do it again, we'll, we'll navigate the problems next year. But for this year, yes, we've agreed to it. And I got interviewed about why it was important. And I said, you know, it's so important because our alternative is capital pride and mm. capital pride is like <laughs> only this year started having queer people. You know what I mean? And I said, yeah. capital pride is about straight businesses celebrating pride. And <laughs> although I think the idea of capital pride is important, it's not how I celebrate being queer personally you know what I mean and yeah and I so that's just like I just want to kind of like be transparent about like my opinions of capital pride is like I think a lot of people really benefit from that day in lots of different ways I think I see a lot of like younger to us LGBTQI people be like it was amazing like I was it was the first time I was around my community and I do think that's really important but I I don't want to get myself in trouble but I kind of struggle with the idea of like TD Bank having a booth you know what I mean yeah no a hundred percent and I agree because it's like on the one hand it's like the one time of year since we like to do things seasonally um (laughs) (laughs) uh, where especially now with everything that's happening um where people can show up to an event and feel seen validated and safe and I will never ever ever take away that motivation or reasoning from someone I will never clock them on that same same and I think also fair for us to be like but we also deserve more you know like if people are trying to like criminalize us like 
put us in places again where we don't deserve like basically telling us that we don't deserve to exist yeah and operate in the same world that they do I think it's also fair for us to be like we're not doing that again and we should be better than this and yeah. the if you actually supported and cared about our community and protected us yeah. you would not be asking us to be okay with crumbs yeah yeah how yeah. is that how is that fair and reasonable to expect a group of people particularly um you know our nibblings who are trans non-binary yeah. two-spirited yeah. um who are BIPOC people especially yeah. how are we okay with expecting them to like survive and thrive in that kind of an environment where we're submitting to them like yeah, so we can only give you fifty to seventy-five dollars yeah. to recognize your your integrity, your artistic practice, whatever that may look like. Yeah. How can you actually like be okay with that and be like, you know, I made a difference in the community today? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, this is the this is the space that should be the model to also teach these people who like. This is the thing that really frustrates me. Like, and I see it all the time with events. Like because I do a lot of events as a vendor and an organizer, I feel like there's so much like taking advantage of new artists and new businesses. And like, and I, I know you see this like a thousand percent, but some of these people, this is going to be their first event they've ever done. And they're going to think that making $50 is normal. And then they're always going to accept only making $50. And $50 is nothing. It's not even enough for like a bag of groceries. Like it's not even no. enough for like one bag with groceries in it. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. that is like, you are just setting in, in this space that is supposed to be for us. You're like literally setting the bar of like, like, uh, I mean, you know, all this stuff, but when I see something like that, I'm just like, so frustrated. Yeah. A hundred percent. And it's, it's like, I will, if it, Again, and I there was lots of people who were intrigued and wanted to participate in like a discussion and discourse yeah. about it privately. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, there's people being like, "Oh, I was gonna submit, but then you know, you're you talking about it made me reconsider." And I was like, "If you want to submit, yeah, yeah, that's like yeah. I'm not gonna take that. Is like I'm I'm yeah. not taking that away from you. I Same. will not judge you. That is not my position in life. Yeah. Is to yeah. I mean, I do it." Like I judge people, but not that way. Um, yeah. You know, you know, gossip and girl. I can, I'll I judge can, people. Yeah, <laughs> I can tell you, I applied for a booth last year as a food vendor, and it was like I think it was like over five hundred dollars for a day. It was oh so God. much money. It was more money than any other event I apply for in the city. It was. It was like I couldn't afford to do it as literally the like local non-binary queer owned bakery. Like, I can't afford to do pride in my own city. Like, that is so upsetting to me. And it's like, yeah. I don't even know how to make right with that. It's city funded and you have a lot of hoops to jump through. And I get that because I work with the city to do events. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, I'm an established business. I should like, I should be able to afford this. So for me to have to decline because it's too expensive. Are you kidding me? Do you know what I mean? Like, are you kidding me? What is that precedent and setting for like newer entrepreneurs or, you know? Yeah. And I think, and I was talking about other people, right? Like a yeah. lot of folks from all walks of 
life end up leaving our city because there is no opportunities to be had that they like unless you have you know class privilege you have like a trust fund you are like working in a family business you have money can you thrive in this city successfully to a certain extent and like it doesn't matter how hard you work who you work for to a certain degree like unless you have that capital working in your favor you the city and a lot of organizations here are basically setting you up to fail it's so frustrating because I so often I say to Ray if we went to Montreal if we went anywhere else we would be non-stop we would be non-stop But I feel like there's like a huge barrier here and like, and like literally that's like me as like literally like a white person saying that. So I feel like that's like ridiculous that I'm even saying that, but I feel like I come across this barrier and I always say, if we were in any other major city, it would be so different. And it's so Mm -hmm. hard because part of me is like, I wish I could go to another major city and like try my business there and see, but I also feel like I really want to like, fight to create spaces like this in Ottawa do you know what I mean like I it's that pull of like I want to keep hosting spaces I want to keep having conversations I want to like I if I want to have an event somewhere I always ask the event um the place oh can you sponsor it if it's going to be a queer event I'll be like can you sponsor and actually pay for me to bring vendors instead of my vendors paying like I always try to do that and it's like Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, I don't have to tell you, like, I feel like you're in the community as well, but it's just like, you know, it's just so like, I don't want to leave because I feel like I'm butting heads all the time. But at the same time, I feel like it's like my job now to butt heads to create those opportunities. Like, I feel like it. I want to be in the role of trying to create those spaces, if that makes sense. Yeah, 100%. And I think that's like, for like, people who you know, come from our community and, you know, maybe we don't have the same like racial privilege to a certain extent, but, you know, um, it doesn't, one disenfranchisement doesn't necessarily negate out the other one completely. There's compromises that have to be made in those acknowledgements, but yeah, like it's up to people that are more established to, to be quote unquote, as I like to call it, like the villains, the people (laughs) that are like really annoying. Um, And like the people that, you know, to a certain degree might not get hired because they make a lot of waves. They rock the boat too much. Um, And I think, I think that's important for up and coming entrepreneurs to see, particularly if they're coming from the LGBTQIA, ISA, asterisk community um because they deserve to be seen just as much as we do um and there's so much talent here that we are losing so much that's the thing that frustrates me like people say oh ottawa is boring oh there's nothing here there's actually so much here do you know what i mean like it's non-stop here there's so much talent it's exactly what you're saying it's just like we have to be able like yelling (laughs) it's just we have to be able to like put this talent somewhere and pay them fairly and give opportunities and it can't just be at events two or three times a year like this this year was like a huge for me this year around pride season was really big for me because I I was more pushy about being non-binary I was more pushy about correcting people about my pronouns and really like 
like fighting for my business in that way. Cause I want to be perceived as like a non-binary business owner. It's very important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and this year, because I was doing that, I was getting like a lot of those really interesting, like one time only business deals around pride. Like Ugh. someone would be like, I'm a huge corporation and we really want to showcase, um, like pride businesses and I'd be like pride business what? <laughs> what you know what I mean and and I I like I like I would take the business still because I was like I still want to get paid but I would always see the accounts like dry up after a month or two after the event you know oh, what I mean like oh two months have passed now we go back to buying straight bank you know what I mean and it's just <laughs> like oh it's so I think it's, I, I love what you said, like the villain aspect, like I love the villain edit. So I'm happy to take it. <laughs> um, I think if I, if I tell myself to think of it that way, I'll be more comfortable, like continuing to have those conversations. I think it's like a really interesting way to put it. Ottawa has like a lot of money as a city. Yes. We have, we yes. have all this money and we like to pretend Yes. I would say that we, we love, it's like, it's like, we love art and it's like, yep. but, but yep. you won't pay for it. Uh, Ottawa, what are we doing? Yeah. It's, it's funny. Like, I think the point of you make saying like, there's a lot of money in the city. I'm very lucky that I have a good relationship with my BIA in my neighborhood mm-hmm. and I have a really good relationship with auto markets and that I've only cultivated in the last few years by I think, um, being a team player, but, uh, it's so interesting to like, learn about all the resources the city has and mm-hmm. all the money the city has. And for so long in my business, I, I didn't know that was a thing. Like my first few years, I didn't, I thought, oh, there's no money for anything, but then you start to, oh, there's lots of money. It just doesn't go to the things that are important to me. Yeah. Yeah, it goes to friends, it goes to like alumni or like coworkers. Like yeah. it's yeah, it's and particularly in the arts, it's yeah. interesting. Um I've like the arts community at large is like there's all these tiny collectives yeah. and everyone has their own approach and no one can agree necessarily. Um and so they all just do their own thing yeah. and some people you know, are more prominent in Ottawa. And so they seem to have endless funding and then other people are, you know, struggling to get by. And I don't, you know, I, I, I feel like I could put my finger on what that might be, but I, I I just don't know, you know, (laughs) can't be sure. Can't be sure at all. Mm-mm. yeah it's so rough like I don't want to get in trouble and I don't want anyone to get in trouble with pride season just a loop around to that <laughs> but if anyone working at Capital Pride is listening it sucks to not be able to afford to do your event and it sucks to know that my booth would cost that much but you would only pay an artist like 50 bucks yeah like if every one of those booths costs that much money do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, why would I have to pay that much to do it, but you don't have to pay that much? I, I yeah. think it, like, I don't know. I don't know. Um, and I yeah. think, I think too, is like, and this isn't like a critique necessarily. I'm just curious. It's like, so we have these like large franchises 
um that sponsor events Mm -hmm. you know they get a cute little logo on a banner and you see it everywhere so we have that so they pay for that um they pay for a float maybe in the parade whatever so what happens to that money and why aren't we having the opportunity to subsidize like local queer businesses or yeah. local queer artists and like yes. actually like yes you know yeah. taking establishment money as it yeah. were no and yes, yes putting yes. it back why is that not the option that's the thing I really liked about when I did the pride market with Ottawa markets and the BIA as well the BIA was like oh we'll just pay for music and and I ended up linking them up with homophono and I said mm. I said oh they'll tell you how much they charge you have to pay them like I said, it won't be like one or $200. You'll have to pay them. And they were able to figure something out. But that was a really cool experience because I was like hired to be the one to be like, oh, you have this money. We could go directly here. Do you know what I mean? Like it was like mm-hmm. interesting for me to be. And they were like all open to that. But like, honestly, that kind of connection for me with these like more um, establishment type things only happened in my last year of business Mm, and mm -hmm. and although like I have like I was saying I am so appreciative of my connections with all these businesses and they all want to work with me now and it's like awesome it took me like six years in business to be like valid enough to have those connections or to like be the voice being heard if that makes sense no yeah and it does and it's like who was that for you when you were first starting yeah like who were the queer businesses being funded yeah, that created cre- created the space for yeah, you to be like, able to like thrive to get yeah. to that point. Because right? I always I always think like I think the things I went to didn't get that funding. It was just like mm. like I think of things like I don't know how long like um, Dyke March has been around, and then I think of the like trans and gender gender diverse march. I don't know who funds those things. I know the trans and gender diverse march. I don't think has happened in the last few years, which is like. Or if it has, like, I, it wasn't even big enough that I heard of it, which is awful because mm-hmm. I feel like I was, like, seeking it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think I would partake in stuff like that, but they, it was clear that they didn't have funding or a lot of funding. Yeah, no. And so, I mean, and that's, like, the point, I guess, for us, right? Yeah, is that, yeah. And for other folks that are in our positions is that we're the ones that, you know, if we're so you know, frustrated, upset, bothered by the state of things. Yeah. Um, we have to be the ones that are willing yeah. to yes. be the maleficent edit, you know? <laughs> now that you're saying it like this, I'm all in. Like, I don't know what is happening. I'm like all in. Yeah, I really, I think that's such a good point you made. And I'm, I'm really happy because I feel like I'm learning from you just by you saying that. It's like, yeah, it really validates what I feel like I've been experiencing lately and it's also like one of those things at least in my experience it's it's always been like even if like someone wants to like come up to me and be like listen like we need to talk about xyz like I'm also you know I am itching for the chance to be wrong and I'm also itching for the chance to like be you know educated yeah I I love that for me I'm the same yeah you know yeah yeah I love that point of like just being okay being wrong. 
I feel like all I do is make mistakes. So if someone wants to point one out, I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I'll go home and cry about it, but you're yeah. not wrong for telling me. It makes sense that I would mess up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. I want to spin it around and ask you, uh, cause I was going through your Instagram a little bit. Do you have mm-hmm. any, um, like just like lighter stories of like on set, like really like wild things or like the most interesting set you've been on or something like weird that happened on set. Like, do you have any kind of experiences of like projects that were like just so not what you expected or just like an opportunity that was like just outrageous because you were like hired? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So there's, there's a couple. Um, yeah, so I there's, love it. Let's do it. Let's yeah, do it. Yeah. Yeah. So there's one when I was actually interning, so I wasn't technically being paid. Okay. Um, but it was, it was for a larger artist, uh, at this larger studio. Um, and we were basically what I found out was we had to start at 5.00 AM, which was terrible, but okay. you know, I was yeah. game cause I was <laughs> eager. Um, and so from 5 a.m. until 9 p.m., yeah. we were basically, well, he was basically photographing a cannabis company uh, advertisement. Yeah. And he involved, like, he, it was incredible because he had, like, a clown that was, like, smoking out of, like, uh, like an, a, an inflatable bong, basically, <laughs> that they made out of balloons. Okay. Um, they had, like, a sex worker who was like in the scene, completely unrelated to the clown, but it was like promoting cannabis goods. And that to me was like, you know, obviously there are some people that were smoking cannabis on set, so you could get a contact high or whatever. But it was like, for me, that was like the first experience where I was like, I have like, this is like, you can get paid to do this kind of stuff. This is a job? Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my. I love those days. Yeah. 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 And it was like crazy because it it was just the first time that I saw that like, you know, your, your personal style, your personal work can be, can, you know, also anything. Yeah. 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 And can, you can also make money from it. And I thought that was like really fascinating and cool. cool. Yeah. Um, so that's probably like my favorite one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like other stories that like I was PAing for a larger uh, film commercial and I was spending like hundreds of dollars on food. And I just, you know, just driving around the city, yeah. buying hundreds of dollars of food <laughs> for people to eat. And I was just like, this is the most amazing job because I yes. can just like go to point A, point B and everybody is so nice to me because I am the one that feeds them and I'm getting paid to feed people like without having to really do any effort. Like, this is fantastic. This is a job. Yeah. This yeah. is a job. It's so cool to learn about how many jobs there are and how anything can be a job. Oh, hundred percent. Like, like craft, even craft is like a huge um, industry within like production work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's probably one of my favorite ones to work on. Number one, because I get to test it to make sure that it's okay. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. a lot of people are like abnormally nice to you because you're standing in between them and maybe them being able to eat. Maybe wow. perhaps they think earlier. The uh, power. Yeah. I know. <laughs> it's, I, 
you know, the way that I look at it, I'm like, this is like what being a politician is like. Oh my gosh. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. In a big way. That's like a yeah. big feeling. Wow. Yes. Yeah. That is what it's like. Hmm. Oh, I love that. That's so cool. Um, yeah. Is there anything you want to, I feel like we're like so over time, but I don't, <laughs> I don't care. Uh, is there anything you want to promote? Are there any projects, uh, things you want people to follow um, just to get like a better idea of like your work or what you offer uh, thoughts? Um, no, I, I don't really do a lot of <laughs> okay. self-promotion, yes, but okay. I will say that if you go through a lot of the people I follow on either my Instagrams. Yes. There's a lot of local uh, queer talent, trans, yeah. non-binary yeah. talent. And I strongly recommend going through, looking at their work. If you can afford it, buying their work, yeah. consider just buying local and supporting local as much as you can. I love that. That's so nice. Um, sweet. Well, that's all the questions I have. And I feel like I've kept you for so long that I feel like I need to like <laughs> let you have your night. Um, I have to say, I think you're like one of my most interesting guests and I feel like I could have talked to you forever. Oh, no and problem. Thank I you. Like <laughs> I, I don't always get like caught up in just like the nonsense of whatever we're talking about, but I just wanted to keep being able to talk with you. So that's why I didn't really stick to a script, but I, you're just like such a good speaker. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's the trauma. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I really appreciate it. Um, thanks so much. Bye. Thank you so much. <laughs> Bye. Well, Ray, we have to keep the business cut short because my guest was so interesting. I uh, didn't care about the boundaries of time. I knew this would happen after my famous <laughs> episode. Oh, all of a sudden, oh, now the business cut is short. Reduce his time on <laughs> air. I do have to say the episode of Just You and Me, which is the episode before this, we literally filmed out of desperation because I didn't book a guest mm -hmm. because I have too much going on in my life and I made some mistakes. Mm -hmm. First ever. Um, people were really loved it. They love you as a host. Finally. <laughs> Finally, some validation. Finally, some validation. Um, no, that's great. I'm happy everyone enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was funny also. I mean, I listened to it just to hear the sound of my own voice. And uh, yeah. I, you, I, you muted my session. I muted. Any, anytime <laughs> you would talk, I'd be like, uh, 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 uh. No, yeah. So we'll do a quick little rappy rap here of, um, of, of this episode. Mm -hmm. it, uh, anything you want to share? Um, anything I want to, well, actually, uh, I know we talked a lot about, uh, service industry stuff yeah, and yeah. oddly enough today mm -hmm. I had an interesting encounter <laughs> with a customer as I, as I do. Yeah. And, uh, I recognize the customer just cause I, I see them periodically, uh, and they very rarely will come into the shop, yeah. but I, I never forget a face. You're the opposite of me. I forget everyone. Yeah, I never forget a yeah. face. I'll forget your name maybe, but never a face. Okay. Uh, and he came in and he kind of is looking around and then comes and he's looking at the treats and he goes, that's oh, all pretty sugary, eh? I er overheard the conversation and he 
it was so uncomfortable. I'll let you tell the rest of the story, but I do want to preface the fact that there was other customers in the shop mm-hmm. buying a mm-hmm. lot of stuff, yeah, waiting for their order to come out when he came in and pretty much like food shamed very yeah. openly. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if everyone knows, but veganism is actually about... <laughs> yeah, because that's what he said to you. He's like, being yeah. vegan, you're supposed to eat wholesome. It's supposed to be like uh, very health conscious is what he was saying. Oh, he kept saying health. Co- yeah. Yeah. He was very, very health conscious. What he said at the end was like, because he was like, everything's too sugary, which I'm like, okay, there's not really much I can say to it. But you, I made that great joke after where you were going, oh, they put too much sugar in vegan treats these days. And then I yeah. went, who's they? And then I went, oh, wait, I'm a they. Yeah. And I was like, I'm the they. I was like, whoa. You're the they who's like, putting sugar in everything. Did he randomly use my pronouns right? Or was he just generalizing Maybe. that sugar is bad? Very woke, know. but anti-sugar. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you're gonna make fun of the way I eat, at least use my pronouns. Yeah, get my correctly. pronouns right. Uh, it was it was a hard conversation to hear. Yeah, and it was like no awareness that there was other people shopping. Yeah, I did. It's just so weird. He and he, yeah, and he said he's like, yeah, I'm looking. I was just hoping to have something wholesome with breakfast. Wholesome? You're in a bakery. It's just like I don't know how many times. I can be like, I'm sorry that the chocolate cake with icing, sprinkles, chocolate chips <laughs> has sugar in it. I don't know what to tell you. I felt very good when we got to the point when people would ask us to make stuff less sweet. We just said no. Yeah, we just don't do I that. I feel like at the beginning we would, oh, maybe we can use less icing or maybe like we would try to find ways. And then I got to a point where I was like, I don't know. I think it's fine. Mm-hmm. I think it's just fine. We are not sugar-free. If you need sugar-free, we're not the right place. Mm-hmm. And there is sugar-free options in the city. I don't know how to do it, so I'm not gonna. Yeah. And, and that's okay. Yeah. Because, yeah, if, I mean, I forgot to mention also, he was very much like, he's like, I don't know why veganism became about putting sugar in everything. And I was just like, first off, that's not a thing. Like, that's just a, that's just a him thing. I also like independently happen to know that this man is rich yeah and i think it's like so funny to come in and be like i'm just into like wholesome i'm just into like like really like charming wholesome things and then i go to like a local business and i like make fun of what they do Mm -hmm. like you're not into like wholesome things dude like yeah go somewhere else or just like get go to whole foods if that's what you want your card is waiting for you at Whole Foods. Yeah. I don't Do you know, know what I mean? Like, Just get a scone. I don't know what to tell you. Like, you walked in here, guy. Yeah. Why do I have to feel bad about sprinkles? Uh, uh, They're just good. Uh, it's yeah. like little sugar pockets. Of course we're putting it on stuff. Yeah. They're and freaking it, it, delicious. It's funny, too, because it was like I had a similar interaction with someone... Uh, a few weeks ago. And it was the same sort of shtick where they're just like... Uh, he's like, oh, I find vegan treats are so sugary. And I feel that he's like, they just really load it. They, again, <laughs> like <laughs> just being like the, they, thems are putting sugar in everything. Oh, all man. of our vegan goods. I mean, they do got me there. They got you. It's so funny. Cause like all the chains before us, like Dairy Queen, Tim Hortons, Starbucks, their stuff, very salty. 
No sugar. Mm-hmm. Never use no sugar. No sugar. Yeah. You go buy a Snicker bars, you can't even taste the sugar. Dairy Queen renowned for holding their blizzards upside down and that they have zero sugar. Zero sugar. And then vegans come along and, and then we start using sugar. We start, yeah. All of a sudden, sugar... No one sugar had heard of it. Sugar is in everything. I'm sorry. It's in everything. Also, it, just eat it. It's fine. It's fine. It's good to have sugar. It's good to have sugar. And these are not people who are, like, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to people who can't eat yeah. sugar because this is, like, a really real thing and I don't want to make light of it. But these are people who are, like, literally looking to, like, fat shame and food mm-hmm. shame. And they're not, like, looking into, like, sugar-free for, like, a medical reason. They're, it's, like, diet culture talk to yeah. talk about sugar. It's, I don't know. It's just, like... Ugh, the bakery uses sugar. Yeah. There's sugar in everything. Yeah. It's delicious. If you don't want to have sugar, don't have a dessert. If you don't want to have sugar, freaking go swimming. (laughs) (laughs) Find another activity. Stop walking into bakeries. You don't want to have sugar, go to bed. Go to bed. Um, That's all for us because I said we'd keep it short, but as always... Uh, we effing love ya, and thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yes, you made it to the end of another episode of Business Baby. Big thank you to our season-long sponsor, Veg Ottawa. And don't forget, we have a new episode coming out every second Monday. So stay tuned for that. And if you like this podcast, well, rate, subscribe, review, whatever. Okay, have a great week. Bye-bye now. And don't forget to check out our new sponsor, Ottawa Markets. Who am I? I'm Kelly Kapoor, the business bitch.